Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. or something this weekend. See, see. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for sharing, Katina. Mm-hmm. To you I belong. Hey, Shamika. Hey, good morning, beautiful. Oh, hey, darling. Hey, Mr. Boy, good morning. Oh, y'all are so awesome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Dolly, for all you do for our country, um, for your family. Just the woman of God you are. My God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. You are so amazing. Thank you, 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 thank you. My God, thank you, Lord. My life is not my own. To you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My God. My life is not my own. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can use me. I give myself away. My God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I give myself away. So you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give myself, I give myself Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father. Can we just pause for just a second and just meditate on his goodness? Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, Father God, just for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for being king of kings. We thank you, Father God, for being the great I am. My God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just for a second, just like close your eyes, just for like a second. Like just close your eyes, right? And just for a second, just meditate on his goodness. My God, we thank you. My God, we bless you. My God, mm -mm 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 -mm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just meditate on how good he's been, how faithful he's been, how loving he's been, how kind he's been. My God, how good he has been to you. It is so easy for this world to try to pull us into so many different things that we forget about his goodness. And then if a trial comes or a cir circumstance comes or a situation comes, again, we forget about his goodness, but he is good. 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 And if I could personally, like personally think about how good he's been to me, if I went over to, I think it's Isaiah, the 61, 61 chapter, and I'm just talking about my own recollection of how good he is. Um, how amazing he is, um, how he's kept me from danger seen and unseen, right? Um, <laughs> that, that even when there was dark times in my life, right, that he began to transform me, that he was with me, that he never left me or he never forsake me, right? And that he gave me beauty for ashes and he began to renew me and he began to restore me. That's how good he is. I hear you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The 61. That That's how good he is. That's how significant he's been um, to me. It says, Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. And when I meditate on his goodness, I can tell you that, um, uh, he bound up my wounds like he bound up my wounds like he began to nurse me and nurture me. And in my most broken state, when I thought things were impossible or in my state, when I just felt like my world was ending. Right. He literally I feel this scripture when he 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 took me, he took my wounds, he took my broken heart. And he began to transform me and he began to mold me and he began to just love me and he began to soothe me. And it was like as if, you know, like if you have a burner or something and um, someone puts something on it and it just begins to cool down, like that was how he began to deal with me. That was how he began to heal me. Right. And so it says to proclaim a release from confinement and condemnation. 
You got to see this as if God is speaking to you to proclaim a release. Father, we thank you from confinement and condemnation, right? Everything that has had you confined, everything that has had you bound, uh, everything that has had you, uh, yeah, come on, that's it, Dolly, a bomb, like everything that has had you bound up, everything that has had you walking in a circle, everything that has had you confused, everything that has had you prisoned in fear, like in fear to serve God in fear to be who you were. Right. Um, he said, he says confinement. He says, I'm proclaiming your release from confinement and condemnation. When we talk about confinement, we're talking about borders. We're talking about walls. We're talking about being restrained. We're talking about being enclosed. And in my own personal life, I'm just giving y'all just a little bit of my testimony. I was so confined to what I thought God was. And then came Jesus. Like I was so confined to religion. I was co so confined to who and what I thought God was. And so he released me from confinement. He re released me from the walls. He released me from the prisons of my mind. The things that I just in my mind had been holding, holding me captive for so long, like the cycle, I don't know about y'all, but I had cyclic thinking. I have, remember we read the scripture in the message Bible, like my thoughts were so cyclic. My thoughts were going back in the same place, right? And the enemy was so strategic in keeping me in this thinking, thinking. So he released me from confinement. He released me from condemnation. And we know Romans tells us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Absolutely no condemnation. And the spirit of condemnation, this thing that comes with condemnation is so ugly, right? Right. It just teaches, it's like a very strong disproval. Um, it's a punishment. It's a sentencing um, for me. How could God ever use me? Right? Like for me, how could God ever use me? Like how could God ever bless me? How could God, like I was so used to um, understanding God from being critical, right? That's what I was taught, that God was critical, that God criticized you. My God, there is freedom on this today. My God, that God was so critical that God criticized me. And because I thought that's how God was, that he was always looking to sentence me or to confine me, or to um, condemn me, or to always tell me how he um, disapproved of me, that is where I limited God. That is where I limited my relationship with God. I did not begin to understand that he was Abba Father. I thought that... Um, that's how he viewed me. That's how he saw me. He saw all my mistakes instead of my goodness. And so when I meditate on his goodness, like it's not like things like we are so regulated to things. God will give you things. That's nothing that he said that like we're so regulated to things. So when I reg when I meditate on his goodness, I think about how he set me free physically. And I think about how he set me free spiritually and I could learn to love him and begin to understand him as my father without all the condemnation, without all the thinking that every time I come 
before him. All he wants to talk to me about is all the things that are not. When in fact, every time I come before him, all the things that he wants to talk to me about is everything that I am. And so, and, 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 and he deals with our sins and he deals with our mistakes and he deals with our issues. But even when he deals with my mistakes and he deals with my sins and he talks to me about the things that I don't see, it's not from a place of condemnation. It's from a place of, I need to open your eyes so that these things won't keep you in a cycle, so that these things won't keep you in a broken place. So when he brings me scripture or word like he did yesterday or like he will today, it's never from a place of condemnation. It's always from a place of, I'm trying to rescue you. I'm trying to save you from yourself. I'm trying to save you from this world because I've already do it. And I need to renew you in the mind of the things that are from me, my way of living, my way of living kingdom, not according to what religion has taught you, not what, not accord, according to what this world has taught you. So when we meditate on his goodness, it's far beyond things, right? Let me finish reading to this to you. And it says, and freedom to the prisoners, my God. Father God, and he brought freedom to us. And I don't know about you, but I needed freedom because I was so legally bound in things that were not him. Romans 10 and 15, um, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, right? That you may be saved, that, that you may be saved. God is always looking to save you. God is always looking to redeem you. God is not looking to send you to hell and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the the day of vengeance and retribution of our God and to comfort all who mourn. I, um, I did not mourn just my husband. I mourned life. Like I didn't know life could be so full of potential. I didn't know life could be so good. I didn't know life could be so peaceful. And so when I meditate on his goodness, I start to think about how he gave me life again. How he gave me, like, how he gave me life again. Like, that. that's what I begin to meditate on. How he gave me life again. Like, you came and you gave me life again. Matthew 11, 2 and 6, it says, When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. My God. My God. You got to see this in your own life. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. poor, poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So he brought us comfort. The good news is comfort. Jesus is comforting. So if you're not comforted by Jesus, my God, you got to get a revelation of who God is. Like you got to meditate on his goodness that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light, right? Not the light of this world that, that he brought you into his marvelous light. That's what we're meditating on when we're meditating on his goodness. He said to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, a sign of mourning 
and this is so personal for me, the, the oil of joy instead of mourning, I have mourned so much in my life that it kind of regulated my living. Does that make sense? Like mourning was regulating my living. I was grieving on what I didn't have or grieving on what I thought life should be. Like I mourned so much in my life that I, and I focused so much on what I didn't have that I didn't recognize that when Jesus, when we accept Jesus Christ, come on, Holy Spirit, and Jesus comes in, that there's a joy. There's a joy that comes with Jesus. There's an expressiveness that comes with Jesus. And so it's just, it's so when I'm meditating, when I'm telling us, when we're talking about meditating on his goodness, I'm like, God, this is the joy, the joy that I have, right? The joy that I have, this world can't take it from me. The joy that I have, the peace that I have, the strength that I feel, this world can't take it from me because I recognize that when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, these things became true for me, right? Well, if I think meditating on the goodness of Jesus is just about stuff, then I will miss the other significant things that he's done for me. I will miss how much he loves me. I will miss how well he's taking care of me. I will, I will miss like, I will miss the deliverance. I will miss the peace. I will miss the joy, right? So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent and distinguished for integrity, justice and right standing with God. I'm like, so if he's called me strong and magnificent and distinguished and integrity and justice and right standing with him, then what I meditate on has to be different. My thoughts towards him have to be different. And then it says the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. My God, God is going to plant us. God plants us so that he can be glorified. God positions us in the military. God positions, position, positions us in teaching. God positions us in medicine. God positions us as parents and wives so that we can, he can be glorified. This stuff is not for our glory. This, this is not for our glory. And so the planting of the Lord is that he may be glorified, right? So then he comes in and he says, then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations and they will renew the re ruined cities. My God, the, 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 the me here is the Messiah, right? The focus becomes the Messiah. So when I focus on the goodness of Jesus and I needed to just share that from to you from my heart, that's what I'm meditating on. That's what I'm meditating on. And the reason that's what I'm meditating on is because the scripture tells us all don't store your treasures up here on earth. Don't store your treasures here on earth. Don't store your treasure on anything that may leave you, anything that may die, anything that may um, walk up and leave and walk away. Like don't store, don't store your treasure on earth. Don't do that. That's not where we're supposed to store our treasure. Just find that scripture for me. So we don't store our treasure. Matthew 6, 9 and 10. Don't store your treasures up here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where three thieves break in and steal. And it doesn't mean that we're not grateful for those things that God does for us. We're totally grateful for how he blessed us. We're totally grateful for how he does but we have way more to be grateful for than these tangible things around us that at any time could disappear, can be blown away. And so we will not think on 
think we can meditate on his goodness if we're trying to calculate things. Because we'll, we'll always, because this, this, our flesh teaches us to see his goodness from lack. Whatever we're lacking, like whatever we're lacking is what we'll focus on. Like we'll focus on, well, I don't have, that's why Paul was like, I'm learned to, I've learned to be content with and without I've had, I've not had, right? So my contentment is in his goodness and who he is and the fact that he takes me out of confinement and he takes me from condemnation and he gives me my identity in Christ Jesus. And I love the fact that I know that God will avenge me, right? I don't have to spend my time worrying about what people think of what people say because God will avenge me and then he has taken my mourning away and given me the oil of gladness that's so powerful that's so powerful to be able to see him with fresh eyes and to be able to meditate on his goodness regardless if it looks good or not my God so when we meditate on his goodness right we're learning him we're learning his ways a lot of us didn't learn this nobody taught to taught us to really um, how do I meditate on the goodness of God? What kinds of things am I thinking of when I meditate on the goodness of God? No, when I meditate on his goodness, I'm meditating him on him and how good he is to me. I'm meditating on how he protects me. I'm meditating on how he loves me. I'm meditating on how he kept me. My God. I'm meditating on how he strengthens me. I'm meditating on how faithful he is to me, even if I don't get a yes. Even if I don't get a yes, even if it's not right now, even if it doesn't happen right now, I'm meditating on the goodness of Jesus. I'm meditating on what happened on the cross. I'm meditating on the blood. I'm meditating on the power of the blood. I'm meditating on how he strengthens me. I'm meditating on how he provides and how he protects me and how well he loves me. And even when I've not been good or I've not been... That's what I'm meditating on. That's what I'm. So, Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for how you strengthen and equip us in your word. We thank you, Father God, for continuous grace that has been extended to us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that the meditations of our heart, my God, are acceptable in your sight, Father God. You are our strength. You are our redeemer, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that you just have your way in our life today, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we are seated in heavenly places, Father God, and that our mind is the mind of Christ and our will is the will of God. And we find our joy in you. My God, not into the things of this world, that we find our joy and our strength in you and we find our peace in you, and we find our love in you, and we take our comfort in who you are and who you've created us to be in Christ Jesus, and we are mindful, Father God, of you and absolutely everything, Father God. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord God. My God, and forgive us, Father God, if we have been confining and condemning others. Father God, and we know in your word today that they that wait upon the Lord, Father God, they are being renewed. They are being strengthened, Lord God. They are being quickened, Lord God. My God, they are receiving everything that they need while they wait upon you, Lord God. For if they wait on you, Lord God, they're going to 
run and not get weary. We're going to walk and we're not going to faint, Lord God. And in due time, we will soar like eagles. So Father God, let us find our strength. Let us regain our truth in waiting on you. My God, let us not be deceived, Lord God. Open the eyes of our understanding to the hope of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Uh, my God, reveal to us any blind spots in which we cannot see you. You have not given us a condemning heart. You have not given us a contention heart, Lord God. So we thank you, Father God, that our heart, Father God, is supple and it's sensitive. My God, in the name of Jesus, and we drive out every wedge, every force of darkness that has tried to prevent and keep us from falling in love with you and understanding who you are as Abba Father. Give us eyes to see, Father God, if we've been entangled with any yoke of darkness. Give us revelation knowledge today, Daddy God, so that you reveal yourselves to us and we understand, Father God, and we can hear you, Lord God, when you tell us to walk this way or that way. My God, let us be so sensitive to your voice. Let the spirit of discernment, Father God, increase in us. Awaken us, O Lord. Awaken us, O Lord. Awaken us, O Lord. Awaken us, O Lord. My God, and let us receive all we need from you today by faith faith. Remove the scales from our eyes, Lord God. Remove, remove, unclog our hearing, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God. Our hearts are pliable and supple to you. And we take your word today by faith. Strengthen us, Lord God. Strengthen us, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Now reveal to us your glory. Show us your glory. My God, I thank you. I bless you. I glorify you. I magnify you. Thank you for this devotional. Thank you for this time with you so that we can grow in grace and grow closer in our relationship with you, Father God. We just dedicate, we set our lives apart to you. We set this time up aside for you. My God, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, that the just shall live by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. We glorify you. We magnify you. My God, we lift up the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let this be your resting place. You let that be your resting place. Holy Spirit, come. And we just take it all by faith. Let this be your resting place. My God, let this be your resting place. And we take it all by faith in Jesus' name. I, I don't know about you, but like I want more of God revealed to me. I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to assume that I've just plateaued. Like, I need more anointing. I need more of his glory, right? Cuz we grow, we go from we go from glory to glory. We go from glory to glory. We go from glory to glory. And so if we glow from go from glory to glory, I don't want to be in a position and place where I cap myself out and feel like um uh I know everything or God can't reveal himself in new ways um to me. <sighs> right? And so every time we show up at this devotional, right? Every time we get in this presence of God, God will reveal himself to us. He will. He'll reveal more of himself to us if we're open to uh, receive it. Second Corinthians three eighteen. but we 
all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. My God, that's your scripture for today to hold on into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord to the spirit, right? And so Paul is just summing up our entire Christian life, right? From redemption to sanctification here on earth, right? And, and to our glorious welcome in heaven. So we go from glory to glory to our, our welcome in heaven. That's what he's saying there, right? And so a great deal of who we are evolves. We, we roll in cycles, we roll in seasons and we grow. And so every time we come to the de devotional and we get the word of God, we're being transformed into the image of Christ. The more word we get in us, the more we become like Christ, the more we devote our time to him. And you may not understand it all in the beginning. You may not get it all. But if your heart is pliable and fruitful, then the seed gets planted and then the Holy Spirit, somebody say that the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Like the Holy Spirit will, that's why it's so important for you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important for you to understand the transformation of the Holy Spirit. And so God will begin to spring up like wells, like because Christ is the living water, right? And so we need to understand that we grow, we grow in glory, we grow, we grow in grace, right? And this, this can only be seen and identified from your spiritual eyes. Awaken us, O oh Lord. <laughs> Awaken us, O oh Lord. Awaken us, O oh Lord. Awaken us, O oh Lord. <sighs> Awaken us, O oh Lord. Awake. <laughs> Awaken us, O oh Lord. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And so every time I renew my mind in the word, the old me is fading away and the new me is coming. That's so much revelation in this. So when I am, that's it. I hear you, Holy Spirit. So when I'm learning God as the good shepherd, right? When I'm learning God as a good shepherd, he's not going to talk to me, right? We've been reading Psalms 23, 22, because everybody loves that scripture. Everybody loves to recognize the Lord as our shepherd, but we're learning how he shepherds us. We're learning the sound of his voice. We're learning the stillness of his voice. We're learning that he's to feed me, he's to guide me, and he's to shield me, right? And then I shall not want, right? And what I mean by I shall not want is God is going to give me everything I need. Everything I need. Even though I might not know what I need, he's going to give me absolutely everything I need, right? And so if I learn him as good shepherd, I have to learn the uh, sound of my voice. I have to, I have to have uh, my eyes open. Remember one of the things we pray over ourselves is Ephesians 1, 15 through 21, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. So I want to talk to you just for a minute about being lukewarm and how it prevents us from being shepherded. Woo! Every message ain't going to be popular. <laughs> Every message is not like Every message, we have to be sensitive. I want to talk to you just about being lukewarm, right? And how that keeps us from being shepherded. Because 
when we go to Psalms 23 and 2 and it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me. Remember, when the Lord is making us do anything, um, he's compelling us. He's constraining us. Um, when I lie down, he's shaping me. He's creating me, creating me. He's forming me, right? When he's making me lie down, when I'm resting, he's putting ingredients in me. I didn't even know I needed. When I'm lying down, he's producing an effect or performing or executing me or establishing me. And so when God causes me to rest, right? Um, there's something he's doing, but I will resist the laying down if I don't understand him as good shepherd. I will resist being led if I don't understand him as good shepherd. And so I have to begin to understand even the things that could prevent me from lying down, even the things that could prevent me from being a good shepherd. And so God had given me this scripture today and I had to look it up and we're going over to Revelations. People don't like to go to Revelations, but it's so revealing. Um, and I want to read you this, um, I want to read you this verse in the 18th verse, verse, right? And this is Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea. And I'm just going to give you some fine points. And if you find yourself in this, like I found myself in this when I was studying this morning, right? When I was studying, I didn't take a heavy, but there was some things that pricked my heart that made me look at myself and look and discover what God was saying. And we're going to talk a little bit about Laodicea. I'm not going to read it all, but this is the verse we're fo focusing on today. And it says, I counsel you to buy from me gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich and white clothes representing righteousness to clothe yourself so that the shame of your nakedness will not be seen, right? And healing salve. This was the part that stuck out to me this morning. And healing salve, right? To put on so your eyes may see. And so this morning, I just need you to say, Lord, give me healing salve so my eyes will see. So let me give you just a, can I give you just a little bit of background on what, on the church of Laodicea and what was going on with Laodicea so that you can understand the significance of why your eyes may need to be opened. So that you can be properly shepherded. So that you can be properly led. Y'all, I get so excited about the word when the Lord is revealing stuff to me. And when he's talking to me about things that may be inside me, right? Lord, give me, I, that's what I say. So that's the focus on. Lord, give me healing salve to put on your eyes so that you may see. This is what Jesus is saying. And so let me give you just a little bit of history on the church of um, La Laodicea. Um, Laodicea, they were self-fulfilling. They were really self-fulfilling. Um, they were not known and famous for their banking, their finances, pharmaceuticals, and fashion. That is what Laodicea was known for. They trusted themselves more than they trusted anything else. Um, they were um, known to be very rich. Even when some things happened and they were destroyed, they would not allow anybody else to come in and to help them, right? And so when the angel, the divine messenger of the church in Laodicea wrote, he said, these are the words of the amen, the trusted and faithful true witness, the beginning and the origin of God's creation. I know your deeds that you are neither cold, invigorating, refreshing, nor hot, healing, ther therapeutic. He says, I wish that you were cold or hot so you could 
So, be, but so because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out my mouth, rejecting you with disgust because you say I am rich and have prospered and grown wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked and without hope in great need. There again, there again, attributing that your stuff don't make you blessed. Your stuff don't make you prosperous. Your stuff it's not your stuff it's not your stuff as a matter of fact he told them you think you prosperous you think you grown you think you wealthy you think you have need of nothing but in fact the fact that you don't have need of jesus i'm just that that's just all he's saying he says the fact that you don't have need of jesus and the fact that you are in a position in a place that you don't need more anointing that you don't need more grace i'm just summarizing this paraphrase and put my little the fact that you're in need of the fact that you are need a need of the fact that you don't think you need anything else the fact that you don't that you attribute it he said and this is what he says he says he says i counsel you to buy from me good gold that has been heated red hot and refined by fire so that you may become truly rich. And I want to give this a little bit to you to lay this here. He says, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. You're not cold. You're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag. I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from no one. Oblivious in the fact you are a pitiful bond beggar, threadbare and homeless. Here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold for me. Gold that's been through the refiner's fire, then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes for me. Clothes designed in heaven. You've gone around. Remember, if we go back to Isaiah 61, he says, I'm going to put a garment on you, right? He's going, I'm going to put a garment. We're going to put a garment on you. He says, the people I love, I call. Um, he said, buy your clothes for me. You're going to, and buy medicine for your eyes for me so you can see, so you can really see. The people I love, I call to account prod and correct. And guide so that they will live their best life, right? So that they will live their best life upon on your feet then about face run after God. So he says to them, he says, the people I love, I'm calling to account. So when God is talking to us like this, he's calling us into account. There's nothing wrong with God calling us into account if we understand God as father. If we understand who God is, right? Yeah, Lord, let me really see. Like, Lord, let me really see. So when I call, he said, the people I love, I call into account, I pride, I correct, and guide so that they'll live at their best upon on your feet then, about face, and he tells them what to do. He says, turn around. Come on, Holy Spirit. He says, about face and run after God. That's what he tells them to do. He tells them to do about face. He says an about face. I'm not in the military, but here's what I do know about an about face. If I'm wrong, correct me. When I about face, I turn into the other direction. I'm not, it's not a 360. I, I, when people bother me, when they like, oh, I'm about to do a 360. I don't want you to do a 360. We don't need you to do a 360. A 360 is scary. A 360 puts you in a cycle of circles and you end up right back in the about face. But you need to do a one, you need to do a 180. You got, he said, I need you to do a about face. I need you to turn in the other direction. That's a 180. Thank you. That's a 180. We're not doing 360s. We're doing 180. We turn. I need you to turn. I need you to turn in the other. Because if we turn back around, we're cycling. We're circling. We're right back in the same place in which we've been. So we're not doing. We're doing it in about face. We're doing it in about face. We're turning around in the other direction. This is just the word. The word of the word. He says, "Upon your feet, then about face. Run after me." 
God, look at me. I stand at the door. I knock. If you hear me and call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. My God, do you see how powerful this is? He says, if you run after God, he said, look at me. I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking at the door. If you hear me call and open the door, I'm going to come right in. If you knock, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need some help. Holy Spirit, help me. If you turn around and you do it, he said, he said I'm going to come right in. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to open the door. I'll come right in and sup with you. Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head table, just as I have conquering, took the place of honor at the side of my father. We are more. That's, see, you got to tie all this in. The Bible from the beginning to the end ties it. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Right? So conquerors, he said, are your ears awake? Listen, listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. Listen, listen, Linda, like, listen, listen, invite him in to sub with you. So this is the few things that I need you to know about because they had become famous, famous for baking finest and whatever. Right. But they lacked water. Oh my gosh, they lacked water. See, there was a problem with Laodicea. Even though they seemed successful and complete, they lacked water. And I mean this literally, right? They lacked water. They had aqueducts that had problems and issues. And so they had to bring their water in. They had to bring hot water in. Hot water had to come from the north. And then the cold water had to come in from the east. But here was the problem. By the time the hot water came in and the cold water came in, it was lukewarm. Warm. That is why God said, so they let, so can you see this in yourself spiritually? I can. He said they lacked, they lacked, they lacked water, right? They were lukewarm. They were just going through the motions, right? They were not focused on the cross. They were not focused on scripture reading. They were not focused on the loss. They were not focused on the cross. They were not focused on discipleship. They had lost their passion for God. They did. They were not being refreshed in the things of God. They were unmoved by the things of God. Um, they had limited capacity to the things of God. They were not seeking the kingdom first. They were not concerned about the things of God. They were not poor. They were dry. That's what I'm gonna call it. They were dry. They 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 did not. They did not. They were not connected to the living water, right? They were not. They were not connected to the living water. They did not understand that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna really be in discipleship, if I'm really gonna live my life for Christ, then I'm gonna have to give up some things. I'm gonna have to let go of some things. Luke nine and twenty three. Then Jesus said to all of them, If anyone wants to come. After me, he will deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. It's a daily self-denial. They were not willing to do that. That's not who they were. They were not. They were warm. So when we are lukewarm Christians, um, can I say this, Holy Spirit? Um, we don't really want to be saved from our sin. We just don't want to be. We want to be saved from the penalty of our sin. So when we're struggling with lukewarmness, we'll still dibble and dabble in the sin, but we can, yeah, we stay connected to the church or we stay connected to God or we are not because we don't want to deal with the penalty of sin has absolutely nothing with the relationship, right? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the relationship, right? And so 
They, 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 this is where they were. They had limited capacity for the things of God. They just didn't want the penalty of sin. They didn't want to walk in holiness. They didn't want to walk with Jesus. They didn't want to walk in a closer relationship with thing, th Jesus, right? Um, lukewarm Christians are actually often excited. I mean, just a few more minutes, excited about the things of God, excited about the radical things of God, but yet they don't do radical things themselves. They don't Luke 9 and 23. They don't get up and follow the cross. They don't get up and pursue him like that. They don't do that. Um, they don't, they, they don't want to, um, they rarely share their faith with their neighbors, with coworkers, with other, they are way more concerned with the things on the earth than the things eternal. They are way more concerned with the things on the earth than things eternal. That that is that the earthly things, the getting pulled into the politics, getting pulled. They they they're not discerning the times. They're not understanding what the spirit of the Lord is saying. They they're not understanding the prophecies coming forth because they're not. Also, lukewarm Christians tend to give um, God their leftovers, not their first and their best. Woo! <laughs> Oh, um, that's, that's what they do. They tend to not give God their best. They give him the leftovers. They give him the part of them that is kind of that part that's left, right? Then they're not going to bring him the very best. So I want to go back to the living water part, right? There's a particular scripture that I love. Um, and it's when Jesus was passing through Samaria and we see him come in contact with the Samaritan woman. And he says, she says to her, you know, they're talking about to get a drink. They're recognizing she's a Jew and he's a Samaritan. And he says to her, this is what I love. He said, if you knew who I was, if you really knew who I was, if you really, 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 really knew who I was, if you really knew who I was, then you would be looking for me to give you a drink. If you really understood that I was the living water, you would not be looking for sat. That's the revelation. You would not be looking for satisfaction, um, in new homes, in cars, in people, you would not be looking for satisfaction. You would be trying to drink of me all that you can. That you would be trying, that's what you would be trying. John 4, 4, 26, you would be trying to drink of me all that you can. You would be trying to let me refresh you, renew you, restore you. You would understand that I am the living water. John 4 and 14, but whoever drinks of this water, I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So am I, if I am still thirsty for the things of this world, Perhaps I may be too complacent. Perhaps I may be too comfortable in my walk. Perhaps I may be too satisfied. Perhaps I may still be lukewarm in some areas because I think I'm rich or prospered or wealthy, that I stand in need of nothing, and I don't understand how bad I need the living water. I, I don't understand. And so Matthew 6 and 33, seeking the kingdom first, going back there, going back there. If we're going to learn him as good shepherd, um, if we're going to learn him... As father, if we're going to learn him truly as provider and protector and all this other stuff, we've got to put the salve on our eyes so that we may see. I think that's it. I think that's good. I think I think that's good. I, I, I need to be for me personally. I, there are some places where I need to be more connected to the living water. Right. Because if I'm lukewarm, um, I'm I'm not 
I'm not, I'm moved. I'm not moved by the things around me. If I'm lukewarm, I'm moved by the things around me and I'm limiting the capacity of God in my life. Right. That's why I'm not right. That somebody, I think it was Dolly said stagnation. Then I'm stagnant if I'm lukewarm. And if I'm stagnant, there's no movement. If I'm stagnant, there's no living water that is running through me. That's it. That's, that's it. That's, I think that's enough for us to meditate on. Lord God, give us the eye salve. <laughs> give us the eye salve so we can see. Give us the eye salve so we can see. Give us ears to hear, Lord God. Let us be strengthening you today, Lord God. Show us the things in our life in which we've come, become complacent, in which we've become stagnant, in which we're like the church of Laodicea, and it's preventing or hindering our relationship with you. Let us set our heart and our mind on things above. Let us set our heart and mind on discipleship. Let us set our heart and minds on helping the poor. Let us give you the best. Father God, forgive us if we have not been giving you our best. If we have been giving other things our best. Show us the areas in our lives where other things have been getting our best and not you. Move upon our hearts today, Lord God, so that we're able to receive you and discern you and the walk in the fullness of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. So we may have to chew on this more. We may have to chew on this more. You have to chew on this. You don't get all of this at one time, right? You guys, you gotta, you guys, yes, you gotta, mm -mm. yeah, come back. You gotta eat on this. You might have to listen to this again. You may need to go read Revelation for yourself and understand what the Lord is saying to us in this season. But I definitely know we need to buy the eye salve from Jesus so that we can see the spiritual things of God and not be lukewarm in any places of our time. Father, I thank you. We're falling back um, to salvation. We're falling back to grace. We're falling in humility and we're walking in revelation that we are not served by our own. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that is where you first begin. <laughs> that is where you first begin. And so um, I promise you, if you come to the Lord, there's no way he's going to cast you out. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what kind of things you've done. Um, you just need to at first acknowledge with your mouth, right? Dear Jesus, I sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. Um, and then ask him, I'm asking you to come up into my heart, take away my sins. And then I promise to love you and follow you the best as I can. My God and the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And if you prayed that, prayed that prayer, if you will send us an email at info at justbeinglmj.com, we will send you a Bible and some resources because we want to make sure that you are properly disciple. Y'all, make sure y'all share this video. Make sure we continue to spread the gospel. Part of lukewarmness is not sharing the gospel with others, not sharing our beliefs with others. And so we need to make sure we do this. We need to make sure if we're going to really give our life up for Christ, that we're dying to ourselves daily and asking the Lord, what, is this, what does this look like? Um, I don't want to be a person of influence but I'm not effective in you. Um, and I, you know, my thing is lukewarm always breeds is an area or a place in which you can breed bacteria. And so if I'm lukewarm, there's some set up some kind of infection or something strange. Um, I love you so much more than anything. God loves you. If at any place, part, heart, God speaks to your heart and says, Hey, I want you to partner with this ministry. Go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. 
Um, you can find all the things that we do in the gospel, um, all the ways we give to our community, all the ways we serve. If God places us on your part, or you can cash up us, dollar sign, LMJ Ministries. Um, I love you more than anything. No if today, no noonday devotional. We are not doing the noonday devotional today. Um, I hope you find this, your strength in the Lord today, um, that you've... Um, Allow yourself to meditate on this so that you can walk in the fullness of who God is calling you to be. I love you so, so much more than anything. God loves you. He loves you enough to bring you to a place and say, look, we got to watch these spaces in which we might be lukewarm about face. Turn around. Get to me. Get to me. Shepherd with me. And I'm going to do the rest. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> I love you. Do me a favor. No if today. Go be loved today. Let the love. Go be loved today. Let the love of God be experienced. Go do something for you. And have fun this weekend. Go enjoy yourself. Go enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself today. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your kids. Relax. Take a breath. You can't fix or solve that problem anyway. Only Jesus can only jesus can so go be loved today why because it's kingdom baby i love y'all love you so much love thank you for tuning into our podcast if you would like more information about lmj ministries log on to lakeisha today